Hey everyone, welcome back. You know, when I first started working in the corporate world, I had this boss that you've probably heard me talk about before. I'll probably talk about him again. I don't know where to even start with this guy. But one of the things, our first moments where I thought, uh-oh, was when he started talking to me about my tattoos. So for anyone who's seen me, you'll know I'm covered in tattoos. And very specifically, I have like full sleeves. I've got a ton of tattoos that are very visible and I'm working on a bodysuit. So when I started working at this company, my boss said, hey, I want you to get specially tailored shirts that are longer in the arm so that nobody could see your tattoos. And of course, the first thing I thought of was like the puffy pirate shirt thing from Seinfeld. But like, I couldn't believe he was asking me to do this. And it's not that I have like freakishly long arms or anything like that. I just have normal arms. But this guy was asking me to get these special shirts. And he was serious about it. And I said, how about this? If you get one client complaint, I will go out and get like the longest arms ever tailored into a shirt. Let's just see how people react. So we went to our first session. It was working with a group of people. And if anything, the reaction was super positive. It's because the company I worked for was like very stuffy, like really like everyone was wearing suits. It was very like, you know, very, very proper. And it was a training session and a leadership session. And people just loved that I was the guy with the tattoos. And everyone was talking to me about it. Everyone was psyched on it. And I was talking to my boss on the way home and said, hey, you know, I think we're just in a different time of business. I don't think people care as much. And he said, well, you know, we'll see. Of course, here I am years later um, running a firm of people who we don't suit up. Most of us have tattoos. We're all from the punk or most of us from the punk scene. And I'm a firm believer that we're in a different time. But what's interesting is my experience, I believe, is actually fairly unique. And in fact, there's quite a bit of stigma out there about tattoos. And you know what? Those things have nothing to do with people's performance. And I really want to get forward the idea, let's smash this tradition that you're supposed to look a certain way, dress a certain way, and instead focus on people's value. What do they bring to the organization? What do they bring to the process? Like, who are they as people? And so we have a guest today who's going to help us unpack that topic named Brandy Wells. Uh, Brandy and I met at a leadership conference, and uh, she'll tell you her whole story. You know, she's got a different uh, experience than I've had, and it's really valuable to hear about it so that we can keep pushing this idea that how people dress or if they choose to get tattoos, this should not matter in terms of whether or not they have a place within the workplace. So buckle up and get ready for another great episode of One Step Beyond. All right, everyone, we are back. Uh, I'd like to welcome to the show Brandy Wells. Brandy, welcome. Hi, thank you. Today we are going to be talking about a really interesting topic, near and dear to my heart, destroy tradition, tattoos in the workplace. If you know anything about Cadence, and if you know anything about me, I am a very heavily tattooed person. I'm working on a bodysuit right now. 
Most of the people on our team are tattooed, um, except for Patrick. You don't have one tattoo, do you? You have two tattoos? Well, I just learned a whole new thing about Patrick. He has two tattoos. But, you know, when I came into the workplace, like I told you in our intro, I had, I had some interesting experiences, but they proved to be false. So I'm always interested when I meet people with tattoos. And Brandy and I, as soon as we met, we instantly connected because we were the two people in the room that were in a very professional setting. And we're both really heavily tattooed. And of course, I knew I had to have her on the podcast. So Brandy, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, well, I'm grateful to be here. This is great. All right. So I think a great start point that I like to do with people is why don't you tell us about yourself, what you do, like specifically what's your discipline of work, what field do you work in? And I'd love to hear about your journey from when you, you know, first uh, finished school or started school or whatever it is to where you are today. Um, well, I'm in corporate finance um, and have been for the last 10 years, more or less. And actually, my undergraduate degree was in psychology, which is something that we had in common uh, when we met. And But I ended up kind of switching gears. Um, and I was working uh, at a boutique bank uh, here in Dallas, and they're owned by a hedge fund. And, you know, I was just doing administrative functions. But then I got to know a lot of the hedge fund guys. And I was like, i I don't, I want to be you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to have that kind of power uh, where yeah. it's like they, they considered themselves untouchable. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really appealing to me just to have that kind of control. And so I spoke to my chief credit officer and I was like, okay, how do I, you know, become an underwriter? Cause that seemed like the next logical step. And he was like, well, you don't have a background in business or finance or anything. So you either need to go back and get your MBA or you need to sit for level one of the CFA, which the CFA is the Chartered Financial Analyst designation. And it's considered the gold standard of the investment management industry. So I kind of had always been kind of an overachiever. So I was like, oh, I'm going to double down and do both. Well, (laughs) the MBA was fine. um, And I did that very quickly with no problem. But the CFA, I had no idea what I was getting into. Uh Um, It is incredibly difficult. Um, I think everyone kind of unanimously agrees with that, um, that it's up there with, you know, the medical boards and the bar. But so I've been pursuing that for this whole time and I'm finally on the level three. Um, so there's three six hour grueling exams um, that are only offered once a year. So, yeah, I've been working on this for a while, um, but it has advanced my career. Every time I pass a level, it has exponentially improved my career. Um, So I stayed in banking for a while. Um, I did become an underwriter. I was doing credit analysis at a couple of different financial institutions. And then um, I switched and went to um, a B2B logistics company and um, was had full like profit and loss responsibility. So and then from there, I ended up uh, moving to Seattle and working for Amazon. (laughs) And I started there, you know, doing their logistics, um, financial planning, and then switched to AWS, which is you know, their Amazon Web Services cloud computing um, product offerings. So, um, and then we met when I was working for Colliers um, as a finance manager, so which is a large commercial real estate firm. So that's kind of been the progression. <laughs> and that's cool. One of the things I just love is that you were like, oh, hey, I want to do that. And then... Someone kind of, it seemed like they kind of were like, well, you know, of course you want to do it, but you need to, you need to do all this stuff. And you're like, okay, game. Awesome. I'm totally going to do that. And not only am I going to do that, I'm going to do the hardest version of that. And I'm going to go and kick ass and do it. 
That's a cool story. <laughs> the interesting thing, and, and I might just have a misconception about this, so you, you can like totally rewire this for me. I've always viewed finance as being like a little bit more traditional. And so when you and I met and I saw that you were like really heavily tattooed, it, instantly I was like, whoa, that's interesting. Because my industry, and especially about like what I do, I have my own company, you know, I'm a therapist, like I have a lot, a lot of leeway to have tattoos. And so when you told me, I was like, wow, I wonder what that's like in the finance world. But before we get into that, I want to talk to you about tattoos. If you were to give us, I don't know, a sense of like how tattooed you are. And if I was to say I'm working on a bodysuit and let's say I'm 70% tattooed, where would you be at? Um, 35, 40. That's heavily tattooed. And for anyone who doesn't know, Brandy has a hand tattoo. Yeah, that's actually the one that probably gets me in the most trouble because it's the only one I can't hide at all. <laughs> and okay. I tell my hands. Yeah. So it, it's very noticeable in interviews. And so mm -hmm. that, and it was an impulse decision at Coachella one year. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love that though. Like, I love that. Okay. So let's get into it. What was your first tattoo? Like, how old were you? What was the situation? So I was 18 and I had been kind of wanting a tattoo for a couple of years and I'd been planning and I ended up drawing it myself. Um, and it's very simple because I'm not an artist by any stretch of the imagination, but, um, you know, it's just kind of very simple kind of curly lines that make a butterfly. And so, and it's on my lower back. So that was kind of cliche, but yeah, my first tattoo, but at least I drew it. So no one else has the same thing. That's cool. Now from there, was it like zero to 60 or like, I got to get tattooed all the time now I'm going to go for it. Or was there kind of a slow burn with it? Um, it's a little bit of a slow burn, but I think it's, you know, the, the time between tattoos kind of, you know, uh, it's like half-life, you know, um, in uranium decay. Yeah. <laughs> so every time you get another one, it's like the time before you get the next one is going to be even faster. I, I want to say two things here that I'm impressed with. I am going to say that I'm impressed with myself that I actually knew what you meant with the uranium decay. Like I actually knew that. And Patrick, did you know that? Man, maybe it's not that impressive. Maybe everyone knows that. But I was like, damn, I know what I, I know that. And I'm impressed that you use that as an example of something. So that was awesome. All right. So it starts speeding up. But when did you move from getting things that are easily covered, let's say like a lower back tattoo or a back tattoo, to getting something visible? How quick was that? Well, it was a long time, really. Um, it was about six years before I got something that was like just a larger piece. Everything else was kind of just small you know, mostly like, you know, on my torso or something or my ankle and it was not noticeable. But, um, so I ended up getting like a quarter sleeve, like, you know, from my shoulder and to, you know, mid bicep. And, but I didn't like, it, it was easy to hide for the most part. Um, especially in the office, I'm always cold. So I'm always, you know, wearing layers or long sleeves anyway. So it was not a big deal, but I didn't like the way it looked. It wasn't very feminine to have it that short. And so it just, I wasn't very happy with it. And so it was like by degrees, I kept going. So then I was like, well, I usually wear long sleeves anyway. So I'll do a three quarter sleeve and I'll just extend it to right past my elbow. 
Right. I had that for a while and I thought that's where I would stop. But then when I went to Amazon, they don't really care about anything like that. They have very lenient policy. I mean, it's colored hair, tattoos, piercings. They're fine with any kind of self-expression because all they care about is results, which I appreciate <laughs> because right. I think that it should matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was working there, I was like, well, I can finally finish this and it won't affect anything because you know, everyone's wearing hoodies, <laughs> you know, and I was still wearing like business casual. So I already kind of looked a little more professional than certain people. So it didn't seem like an issue, but corporate finance is still very kind of stodgy old school. And in a lot of ways, they're kind of the last holdout. Okay. So this is what I wanted to ask you about. So at what point, do the tattoos start getting mentioned in a professional setting where it's not a, oh, like, hey, you got a tattoo, but more from a, a like a concern or a negative point of view? Oh, from the beginning, okay. from a job interview. Tell me about it. Well, it's most of the time HR won't mention it, but the hiring manager will. Um, especially, you know, in the past, all of my, you know, interviews were face to face and not, you know, Zoom meetings. So I talk with my hands. And so, as I mentioned, you can easily see it. And so I watched their eyes. They automatically just jump to that. Right. And I've just kind of found that anything that expresses like your individuality is a detriment, at least for me in an interview situation. So I try to be as boring as possible so that they focus on what I'm saying and what I'm trying to convey with my experience, my achievements, Mm -hmm. instead of what I look like and what my personality is because. (laughs) Well, and so this is, this is so much why I wanted to talk about this. And, you know, for the listeners, um, Brandy and I had a chance to kind of chat a bit about this and, you know, we're in this time where not only have a lot of things changed in a good way, but we've become more aware of how much more stuff we really need to change, like really need to change as a society and and as that is the business world. And it's been so long since I've had to interview for something um, or be in that space that I really just have to say in kind of a shameful way, almost, I just forgot what, what that's like. And when, when we talked about the idea of someone who's, truly educated and really has strong experience has to essentially make themselves more bland so that their actual achievements stand out and not the way that they look, including what they've done to themselves, like getting tattooed. That really, um, it made me deeply sad. And it also, I thought like it was an important conversation to have. So right off the bat, you started noticing that there was um, some negativity attached to having tattoos. Do you believe that's specific just to your world more? Because you had said, you know, finance is a bit more stodgy. Is it more so because of finance or would you say in general in the corporate world it's an issue? Well, finance is probably more extreme than most other industries, but I've found it in, you know, all industries because, you know, banks still require you to wear a suit. That, that's not negotiable at this point, um, even when you're not client facing. But, you know, most companies, regular, you know, different industries, like I said, I worked in logistics where most of the guys were in a warehouse. Well, they still, you know, for my administrative function, 
they still frown on that. Mm. So it's kind of been all across the board. Right. So there's a general in the corporate world, like a general unease about being tattooed and then more specific to um, parts of the industry that could be more considered more traditional, something like finance. Um, I'm going to ask you a bit of a tough question and, and please go with it wherever you want. Do you believe that as a woman in the professional world, you're penalized or judged more for being tattooed? Absolutely. Okay. Without a doubt. Okay. Um, because even the smallest forms of self-expression negatively impact me. I had a boss comment on my fingernails. I typically, you know, my fingernails grow fast or I, you know, will put on tips, but I, you know, that's part of something that makes me feel like me. <laughs> and, you know, just, it's not to be distracting, but they're just typically long, even if it's a muted color. And because they're so long, I've had a boss comment on it. Like, how can you even type with those? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm being hired for my brain. I'm not doing data entry anymore mm -hmm. for one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my, my, you know, words per minute is not important anymore. We're, be, mm -hmm. we're beyond that at this point, but it, I've learned how to work around it. I think, you know, most women, all of the beauty things that we do to ourselves, we've learned how to adapt. Like anyone that has acrylic nails knows how to use their, you know, touchscreen devices and their keyboard with no problem. And it doesn't, you know, slow anyone down. So that is a, you know, tiny, unimportant thing, you know, that has no negative connotation inherently because, you know, women have always kind of long nails has been a typical feminine thing for, you know, I don't know, years, mm -hmm. but you know, that's a very small thing. And then tattoos, I think used to have a negative connotation with, it was only, you know, criminals and sailors that mm -hmm. had tattoos. And so right. that has been such a slow, you know, heuristic to change. And, you know, so anything is just i mean my hair color has been something that you know depending on i mean even just uh it's typically really light blonde mm -hmm. but you know there's still the association of blonde bimbo right. and i mean and it's not based on anything it's like you know 25 percent of women are blonde i believe mm -hmm. but you know or not naturally but and, you know, in Dallas, especially, it's very common. Mm -hmm. So why would that be, have a negative connotation? But it does. Um, so anytime I go into the business setting, I wear my glasses because you associate that with a nerd, with someone who's smart. So mm -hmm. I wear my glasses on purpose mm -hmm. at work all the time now. Right. So it's, it's, a, it's a good an awful reminder. And this is like, I mean, I can't even imagine someone commenting on my nails. Like it, it seems like insane. Right. And I don't do anything to my nails, but you know what I do do to my nails is I bite my nails. Like I, it's just a terrible habit I have, but like literally no one would ever even think to comment on that. And I can't even imagine, I've certainly had people comment on tattoos and I want to go to that in a sec, but like, I wouldn't even think someone would comment on, on anything about me. 
I would make sure my shirt isn't wrinkled. Like that's like the maximum I would do. Like I don't have a wrinkled shirt. I don't have like tomato stains on my shirt, but like outside of just basic, like proper protocol of how you dress. And, you know, sometimes I'll wear a suit depending on it, but I don't ever think of anything. So if we think of the common experience uh, that we hear women in the professional world have, there's all of these, this is a minefield of all these things you need to navigate. Like, man, nails, why would someone bring that up unless there was actually an issue? But since there was no issue, just the idea that it's like, well, of course I'd bring this up because I want to. I want to bring this up. It's, oh, this is piquing my interest. I'm going to do that. But then that's suddenly something you need to manage. Like you suddenly need to manage that. So it's an important but challenging reminder of like how far we have to go where people in general feel they have the right to comment on other people's bodies, what they choose to do with it, how they choose to show up. So we've got all that in general, like hair color, you know, what's on your nails, but then we add in tattoos. So I got to ask you this. When you started getting tattooed in a visible way, were you making a conscious decision, recognizing that this was going to draw some kind of negative or unwanted attention in the work world? Or were you kind of unaware of where it would go? I knew that it would be a challenge. Um, I, I knew there was going to be even more, it would be something else, just one more thing that I had to mitigate whenever I was trying to establish my credibility. But I rationalized it on the one hand as I, you know, I wear blazers and long sleeves and no one will see it anyway. I can hide it. And that's a small price to pay for being able to do what I want. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I think part of me was rebelling against this idea of I have to do it the way you want me to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, Um. I, I don't like the fact that we can't be individuals because that is part of it. That is part of what adds, you know, every person's unique value. Mm -hmm. I mean, and everything from, you know, your leadership skills or, you know, your compassion and ability to relate to other people. um, That's all part of your personality. And, you know, that's just tattoos are just an expression of that. Yeah. And it's an interesting thing because I love what you said about the like, well, no, I'm going to do it anyways, the rebellious side of it. Because if we're looking at a cost versus benefit, again, like as a, as a, as a man, I certainly considered when I started getting more visible tattoos. So like my first tattoo was on my inner forearm and, um, very easy to cover, wear a long sleeve shirt or whatever. But when I started doing more visible tattoos, like when I got fully sleeved or anything like that, I totally thought about it, but I never thought of, I thought about it like, oh, like what job wouldn't I be able to get or how would I explain this? But I never thought about it. People just commenting, uh, feeling a right to comment on my body. Now, the interesting thing is I've certainly had that. And one of the things I've had are people um, touching me without permission, like just people like just grabbing my arm and like, I'll be in the grocery store and just some like person will grab my arm and be like, oh, look at your tattoo. And, you know, it's like, oh, that's really awkward that you just did that. But again, like as a guy, I never like I don't walk around the world thinking something bad could happen to me physically. So when someone grabs me, I won't like it, but I don't view it as a threat. I just think it's like a weird boundary. But again, that's this like privilege 
that that men have and especially that white men have and so when we were amping up for this conversation uh, i really thought like gosh like having tattoos must now give people a whole different level in their minds of permission to speak or say things to uh to women and i'm interested in whatever you're comfortable sharing with that do you feel that people feel more of a right to comment on on your tattoos or to touch or anything like that yeah, I've definitely had, not often, but strangers, you know, in different settings, like grab my arm and be like, what does this mean? You know, and, but it is threatening, you know, as, as a woman and, and just not being very strong at all. And especially if I was in a place, you know, without anyone with me, you know, somewhere I'm just out alone. It, it is threatening, even, you know, in the middle of the day. So yeah. do you find that people in the workplace uh, comment on tattoos often? Yes. If they see them. Okay. Okay. So the hand tattoo, um, when did you get that? How long ago? 2014, six years ago. Okay. So did you see a big uptick in people commenting on, on your tattoos from that point forward? Yes. Okay. Because uh, it was just obvious. Now, a lot of people were just commenting, they were coworkers. Mm -hmm. So they were just commenting, oh, hey, you have a tattoo. It kind of looks like mine, you know, just conversationally. Um, but bosses, I mean, kind of anyone, the C-suite really frowns on it. And age doesn't seem to matter. Mm -hmm. uh, status seems to be where they get more judgmental. It's been my experience. Again, it's so interesting because it's like, why would you care if someone can get results? So let me ask you about that results versus perception. Like, do you feel that from your perspective, does it still matter even if you're totally awesome at your job? Does it still interfere or is there a point where your performance outpaces the perception of being tattooed? Honestly, I think it still matters. Hmm. To a lesser degree, the better you are, but it's still the, the level of respect is not the same as an equally talented person that didn't have any. So this is, and this is proven out by some of the research. Um, there's, uh, you know, some research that shows about 80% of HR recruiters in the U.S. have negative reactions to tattooed applicants. And so like that, boom, just instant sight judgment that there's a negative reaction there. And it sounds like, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like that has played out in your experience. Is that? Yes, it has. All right. So let's talk about what can we do to get past that? And actually, I kind of hit, hit this on two angles. One, I want to talk about like, what can we do to move away from this? And then also, what advice can we give to young professionals coming up? So like, you know, people ask me a lot about tattoos in the work world. And, you know, I, I think I shared with you the, the story that I said in the intro today um, about that boss of mine that had all these dire warnings about being tattooed. And in fact, being tattooed has only helped my career. It has been like a huge, it's been like wind in my sails for sure. And obviously like a lot of the branding of the company has to do with like being kind of like a little bit of outsider culture. And that's where I think our value is as a company. I've been able to make it work for myself, but I, I feel sometimes I'm, I live in a little bit of an echo chamber and I don't know what it's really like for people who are, who are heavily tattooed. So like, I want to break it down. Like when people ask me for advice, I kind of give them advice based on my perspective. Like, oh, the world has changed, blah, blah, blah. 
but I don't know if it has. So two things let's hit on. First, what can we do as a professional? I want to focus on the professional culture to move past that. And then we want to talk about some advice for like next generations of professionals coming up who are getting tattooed. And I don't, I'm not saying that you and I have the answers, but if you were to say like looking at corporate culture right now, what can we really do to shift away from this? Um, I guess right now I'm thinking two things. Um, if you're in a management position, I think you need to encourage your reports to be comfortable being themselves, whatever that looks like, as long as it doesn't detract from the workplace. Um, because employees that are happier are going to perform better. Mm. So, you know, if they're tattooed, you should, you know, let them know that you are fine if they're visible. Mm. Um, and if you are tattooed to, you know, take the risk and stop covering them up because nothing's going to change until we stop hiding. Mm, that's a really good one. I, and I like what you said, take the risk. Um, do you mind if I share a, a little story with you? No, go for it. Um, so when I started Cadence, I, uh, I'd come out of a company that was like very stodgy and like real suit and tie. Like even if you were just in the office and you weren't facing a client, you were wearing a full suit. And when I started Cadence, I kept that up. I was wearing a suit. And um, one day I was just like, yeah, this sucks. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. And I hit up a client and said, hey, like I'm, and it was true. I was coming from one appointment to another. And the appointment I was meeting with was not someone who would have wanted me to wear a suit. I said, Hey, do you mind if I show up not wearing a suit? And they were like, yeah, it's no problem. And I showed up wearing like a short sleeve shirt, jeans, sneakers. And the change was instant. People were like, Oh, this is so cool. And I was so encouraged by that, that, so this is about two years ago that basically my client base through how they reacted, told me it's time to drop the suits. And I've never looked back. I totally stopped wearing them. I always let people see my tattoos. But you hit on something. I want to ask you if there could be a possible third thing. So the first that you said was employers need to let people know, I want you to be who you are in the workplace. Like bring who you are. If you're tattooed, it's no big deal. Like who cares about your nails? So there's, there's that. The second is we want to encourage people like, hey, just try it. Like, you know, like go in with short sleeves. Don't worry about it. Like just see what happens. There's a third thing that I'm interested in, in your opinion on. How do we normalize the conversation? If people want to ask, like, how do we normalize it and make it, it's not a big deal to ask if you want to ask. Is there, do we need to give people examples of how to do it or we just kind of correct people as they go along? Like, what do you think about that? I think most people are fairly appropriate. They approach, you know, inquiring about what your tattoos mean, whether it hurt, how long did it take? The same way they would ask you, you know, well, what part of town do you live in? Or, you know, what was your experience when you were buying your house? Or, you know, what kind of dog do you have? I think people tend to have, you know, a general sense of, you know, what's appropriate and what's not. I don't think we have to specifically address it. Um, because I think it will be fairly rare that, you know, it's outside the bounds of social propriety. So just course correct is help people course correct as they go along. Yeah. I mean, if someone, you know, is touching you and, and you didn't consent to that, you know, mm. you can, then you would want to say something and mm. be like, I'm not comfortable with you. You know, can you please not touch my arm? Mm. Um, 
you know, did you want to know anything about them hmm, and just right. kind of guide them in a different direction. But Okay. So course correct as people are going on from a conversational point of view, but then if they cross a boundary, clearly say it and then ask them to do the different thing and be clear about it. Yes. Okay. I, I think those are like really a, three like very appropriate things that we could ask businesses to do. Now, let me ask you. So if we're thinking about generations coming out uh, up underneath you and I, right? So younger generations. And I know the game has changed. Like people are getting wild tattoos now. Like face tattoos is crazy. Like, and who am I to say what's, what's not appropriate? I have no idea. But any advice for younger generations coming up? Um, I mean, I, I'm all for it. You know, I mean, because the more mainstream it becomes, the more acceptable it becomes, and we get rid of the stigma associated with it. So from a selfish perspective, I'm like, yes, please, everybody go, you know, get a full bodysuit. <laughs> Make it easier on the rest of us. But I, I would tell them the difficulties that I've experienced and that they need to be prepared for it and sure that the cost benefit works in their favor you know yeah i think that's really valuable because the the honest truth and i I do believe this if you'd asked me a year ago especially before you and i talked i would have been like nah it's no big deal it's like whatever but really what i was saying is it's no big deal for me and i i speak from such a specific space it actually is a big deal and there is a cost and i really appreciate you um enlightening me about your journey and us about your journey because you've really you've got a lot of good stuff to share here so i got a couple of fun questions before we before we sign off you ready yeah <laughs> okay all right so first uh anything you want to add just in general to this topic any words of wisdom anything you want to impart on this so for me I can map my life through my tattoos. <laughs> They're all at a different specific time, state of mind. You know, my life story is written in my tattoos. And so anyone who's thinking about it, I would just say, make sure it's significant to you. Even if you change and you grow and it doesn't mean, you know, to you later, if it meant something important to you then you'll still look on it later with nostalgia when you're 90 um you know never do it because of it's a fad or it looks cool <laughs> all right that's great really good so that leads me to one of my favorite i've got two questions for you the first is what's your funniest tattoo story that you're you're comfortable sharing mm. Can I share, share mine and that could give you, you know, set the stage? Yes, please. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm on in tour with Europe. Uh, it's my old band and we were on tour with some friends, an, another band from, uh, from Canada. And we were in Rome and everyone was like, oh, we should get like a tour tattoo, like a tour, a tattoo to commemorate, you know, the tour. And this is the opposite of what you, the advice you just gave, where it's like, should be some this meaningful thing. I was like, hey, okay, cool. Let's get a tattoo. But I was in the middle of planning out this bodysuit that I'm getting. So everyone else got the tattoo on their leg. But I got the tattoo on my butt. And I'm going to tell everyone something about getting tattooed on the butt. That this, it might sound like, oh, it's the butt. That's not going to be painful. It is super painful. It was 
horrible. And it was just a teeny little tattoo. I was howling and everyone was making fun of me. But then I just want to remind everyone, I was on tour. A big part of tour is sitting in vans to go from city to city. So I was sitting on this thing for like three to eight hours a day. And it was horrible. It was horrible. Stupidest, stupidest choice I ever made. Funniest tattoo story I have. How about you? Think that one through. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that one through at all. But yes, the, the butt it hurts so bad. It's probably, I have a thigh tattoo that kind of wraps around a little bit. And I've n- never thought that that, because it's such a, you know, fatty area that right. it would hurt, you know, I would expected it with my foot because it was on the bone. Mm-hmm. But, oh yeah, no, I was, I couldn't sit for very long at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so you have a funny story about tattooing or does nothing pop to mind? Uh, well, as much as I say you should get something that's important to you, I definitely have those moments where, um, so Halloween's my favorite holiday and for you know several years, I was going to Voodoo Fest in New Orleans um, for Halloween every year because I love black music. Mm-hmm. Um, and so twice I randomly, got tattoos out of nowhere. <laughs> so I actually have a uh, Fleur de Lis and Nola tattooed on my ankle, but I'm not from New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's a good one. All right. So last question, and you already entered it. I know you're a big fan of music. And of course, uh, so much to do with our company has to do with like music and subculture and all that kind of cool stuff. So hmm top five best shows you've ever seen across genres and and i won't hold you to it but whatever pops to mind is being like the top five best shows you've ever seen genre does not matter okay um the cure um a perfect circle okay nine inch nails mm-hmm. um Borns. I don't know if you know who that is. <laughs> I don't know who that is. He reminds me of Prince. Okay. Well, that's cool. <laughs> the closest thing that we have in, you know, in my generation. <laughs> okay. Um, and Garth Brooks. What? Garth yeah. Brooks? He's amazing. Wow. Well, <laughs> You know, you are from Texas. I, I got to, you know, like. have to represent a little bit. I got to represent. Okay. Well, listen, uh, this has been a super cool conversation. And you know what? This is, for me, it's like, it's such a cool topic to talk about. I think we could talk about it for a long time. But the thing I really wanted to hit on was like, hey, like, this change isn't just someday going to happen. It's happening now. Like, people are heavily tattooed. And I would love it to be a little bit of an easier journey for people. And so I really believe everything you shared today has a lot to do with creating real change and, and giving people like just some good things to think about. And so thank you so much for sharing your experience. Uh, as we're closing off, any last words? Um, it's word to the wise. It's kind of like a Lay's potato chip. You can't get just one. So don't go <laughs> in thinking that. <laughs> all right that's a perfect note to end on uh thank you so much brandy and everyone else we'll see you in the outro dave drop the beat 
That was an incredible conversation. And again, thank you, Brandy. Uh, it takes a lot of guts to come out and talk about that stuff. And, you know, right from the start, something that always impressed me about, um, about Brandy is her real willingness to have the real conversation, but also just her dedication to being who she really is. That's awesome. And I fully believe that with, uh, with leaders like Brandy, we're going to be able to help create this change one step at a time. I do want to add in some thinking here. Um, we talked about how HR professionals, uh, the, the research that showed that HR professionals have uh, a negative reaction to candidates who are tattooed, but that's actually more specifically in response to women. And the response towards men who are tattooed tends to be much more positive. So that really, I want to encourage everyone to really dive into that idea that tattoos are still fairly taboo, but they're much more taboo for women. And that means that anyone who isn't essentially a man or specifically a white male has to think about whether or not it's okay for them to get tattooed so that they can be gainfully employed. And that is ass backwards. We obviously have a lot of growth to do as a society, as we're seeing with all of these really important um, conversations about social change. But how are we going to get there if we're still fixating on whether or not someone's got like a tattoo that says mom on their arm? Let's make some of these tough changes. And the way that we do that is we no longer hide. We are authentic. We are who we are. And that means if you want to go get a tattoo, then go get one and stand your ground. All right, thanks everyone, and we'll see you next time on One Step Beyond. One Step Beyond.